Previously on AFTN. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still sticking with Joaquin Ardaiz as being my guy for this year. Okay. I, I just want to go and fight crimes with him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do, I do kind of worry as though that, yeah, as we kind of investigate the crimes, he could turn out to be the guy that's committing a few of them. Everybody, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of all ages, welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, There's Still Time. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia, 101.9 FM, CITR Radio. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I... I'm a little bit hopped up because I had a Nescafe Gold Blend coffee just before going on air with a Tunnix tea cake. I'm probably going to crash by hour two. We, we expect that. Yeah. That's quite normal, isn't it? <laughs> but has everyone had a good week? <laughs> I had a great week. Did anyone's national team get beat 3-0 by Kazakhstan or was that just me? <laughs> I think just you. Someone uh, said to me earlier, yeah, Bora got a hat-trick against, against Scotland. Yeah. Two goals down in the first ten minutes. <laughs> They, they flew into a city that was named one thing, and then they flew out of a city that had been named something else overnight. Oh, you mean the names changed yeah, for the city? they changed the name of the city overnight wow. to some deposed guy that had run the country. Oh, not like in honour of... No, of the, it the was like bizarre. So they got beat technically in two cities in the one day. <laughs> Only Scotland could do that. But we're not here to talk about Scotland. Oh, that's too bad. We're not really here to talk about the Whitecaps this week, although we will have some Whitecaps on MLS chat in part four. First three parts of tonight's show, we're dedicating to the Maple Leaf. Canada. Back in Vancouver for the first time in two and a half years. I've enjoyed this week. I, th- I think it's it's been a lot of fun. Training was good. We were both out there on Tuesday. Yeah. I uh, was there on Thursday as well. It was great that we got access to everyone we wanted to speak to. We've got a lot of interviews coming up in the show. We had some interviews that we had out in our extra podcast during the week. It was just great, though, to have the national team back here. It was something with the whole World Cup bed I wasn't sure that we were going to see. But everyone seemed to enjoy it. The players love being here this week from those that I've spoken to. The officials have really enjoyed it, thought it was really well organised. I think we're going to see them back pretty soon. I hope so because with the whole World Cup debacle and the choice by the British Columbia government, uh, I was told to expect little to nothing. Yeah, I, I 
I was surprised when this game was announced. But you, you have to put so much of this down to John Herdman. Yeah. He calls Vancouver home. Yeah. He wants to play here. He loves the stadium. He loves the advantage that the turf can give them in certain things. You can get a different kind of atmosphere, a different kind of environment, depending on when games are played. The proof of the pudding, of course, will be, do we get a big team like an America or a Mexico here down the line? You have to hope so. Crowd today, just over 17,000 for French Guiana. I thought that was a good crowd, considering you would probably have had a, a lot of walk-up people that yeah. wouldn't have walked up because Fonzie wasn't playing. I think that made a big difference in the fact that it wasn't more people there. And it's not exactly a sexy team. Although, that number eight. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you guys. I, I, I think, though, talking to people at the CSA, that actually there was a considerable number of tickets moved in the last week or so. Okay. Because they I, didn't get the news that Alfonso Davies wasn't coming. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he did come. Yeah. He did. Or, yeah. He didn't play. Um, I, I honestly, part of me is disappointed actually in the sense not not that seventeen isn't good. Again, all those things considered that you mentioned, I just was hoping for more because I, I get it gets really tiring when you go on Twitter and the national team is playing, and whatever part of the country the game's not in, yes, is like and I've been guilty for that, right? And they're just moaning about, oh, this is that's terrible, and if it was here or there, it would be so much better, and it should move. Or so I kind of wish, I wish there was over twenty. I, I think if over twenty, then that would. You know, then that would that would really have that would show, Vancouver, yeah, that would have yeah. shown. Okay, here still seven thousand more than New York Revolution can draw for an MLS league game, but they got ten thousand. That didn't even look yeah, like ten. thousand. I know it was before. announced as ten. It looked way less. But you know what looked good in that game was Brad Knighton's beard. Oh, I never actually saw it. I just saw Scooter. Scooter, yeah. Spencer Ritchie with another clean sheet. But let, let, let's get to we'll get that later. Stuff yeah, later we'll get that later. No, but it, it, so it was a. Uh, it was awesome. Everyone who came, I think, had a good time. It was a good atmosphere. Yeah. I thought the support section was good. Nice unified voice. Everyone was singing the same song. It's nice to hear that at BC Place. That is kind of nice. It is. I, imagine, imagine being able to make that work for uh, club football. It would be fantastic. It would be nice. Yes, but uh, I think all round, it, it, it's been a good week. Last week, I predicted 8-1. I predicted 8-0 eight, eight or 9-0, yeah. When it went to 4-1 after 50, I was pretty confident that that was going to be right. I the, was going to be, like, crowing tonight, I well, thought. There was definitely murmuring in the section where I was talking about that. Mm. Could this go to 8-1? But we won't delve too much into the ins and outs of the game. Overall, though, it was a pretty solid performance, but a few concerns, and we'll, we'll talk about some of that. But just general general thoughts about the match. I thought I I really I'm waiting to hear what your concerns were. I I thought it was a pretty solid match. I do think that like there were some luck, unlucky bounces, especially early on, because they could have got some extra goals. Like that one stop off uh, Cavallini um, early on when it was that I don't ex- I didn't expect small man to to make that stop. Um, so I I think I think it was overall good. I, I really enjoyed watching some of the younger players play, especially David. We'll obviously talk about him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he really impressed me today. And um, another good thing I felt was uh, the fact that Cornelius and Henry were part of the defense and they had nothing to do with the goal against. Yeah, they didn't give away a penalty either. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. There was a moment where I thought maybe they had. Mm, yes. Uh, I, yeah. It was diving the though, went yeah. flying over the But it was the other up. end of the stadium and yeah. it was like, oh, no. Yeah, I thought he'd point it to the spot. Yeah. Same. And then he ends up booking the guy. I'm like, what? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, standout performance, Jonathan David was exceptional. 
today. And we were talking about him at halftime in the press box, just to, how he's kind of come from nowhere. And he's got this kind of gap in his resume, if you look at Wikipedia, that where was it between 2012 and 2016? So we were told he'd actually gone back to, I think his family's from Haiti. Mm. So he'd gone back there for a couple of years and then he's never been involved with an MLS academy. He's He came through Ottawa local clubs. Um, then went off to, to Belgium. Didn't the Whitecaps try and get him or something? I believe so late on. Yeah, like, 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 yeah. like when he was 17 or something like that. At that but point. then went off to Belgium. And the rumours are he's going to be going to Germany with Borussia Dortmund. They're one of the teams interested. For yes. sure. But uh, um, I think who, who told, Manuel? Yeah, Manuel. Manu, um, he mentioned that if they do purchase him, they will keep him in uh, Belgium for maybe another year yeah. before they bring him over. Be good. I mean, Dortmund does a lot of buying young players and then bringing them through. So that would be absolutely awesome if that happened. Now, obviously, it was disappointing that Fonzie got injured and couldn't play. The nature of how he injured himself as well. It, when a player injures himself in a celebration, which is what we're assuming is how he has injured well, that's, himself. That's the story, right? Yeah. He felt something, yeah. Do you, do, you believe, do you believe it, though? Like, this is... I can honestly... I. Uh, I can honestly see Byron doing everything they can to say don't play in this this game, but well, then they still send yeah, him. Yeah, that, that was that was what I didn't get because if you've got a knee injury, you do not want your guy in a ten to twelve hour flight, surely. No. But I think that's what it was. It was a minor knee injury that they didn't want to get worse, and I don't think I personally I'm going to stand up for Byron. I don't think Byron would do that because they they don't stop other people. There's more way more important people that they allow to play. In uh, friendlies, even mm. they don't stop. They they seem to not stop people. They had a history in the past where they tried to stop people from coming into under the national teams. Wow, I I do know that they uh, strongly encourage Owen Lee Hargraves to choose England over Canada, mm. <laughs> Canada for the travel and for the all that kind of stuff. Oh, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. Different administration, probably. No, different the, times. They, well, yeah, actually, that was. I think Beckenbauer publicly said that back in the day. Different times. Um. <laughs> um but I know I could see I, I could see it. I'm not saying it, he didn't have didn't feel something. But in terms of them saying, "Yeah, play or don't play," I could see it being like, okay, "Look, your country should be able okay without you. Don't, don't yeah. please don't play on that after that 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 surface." I am. I'm also going to actually stick up for the CSA because they got a lot of stick for that. They can't help no, the no. fact that he got injured and well, Bynes pulled him. People out. assume the the way I read some of the tweets was like people said that because. They, they, they said they were trying to implicate that CSA knew he wasn't coming, but they advertised him. He was still being advertised <laughs> after like, well, they, some of the online marketing well, they after did, being pulled. But they the didn't. Squad. Yeah, but they didn't adjust. It. They just they probably didn't want to spend the money to remove it, right? Oh, the oh, the, the thing with his picture on it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get rid of that? Yeah. I guess you have a backup. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it, it was tough. A lot of folk would have bought tickets to go and see him, but that's why you don't buy a ticket for a football match just to see one player. Yeah. MLS fans in Vancouver oh, should know by should now know, yeah. you don't buy a ticket for a guy that's probably not going to come. Are we going to see Zlatan in a couple of weeks, even if he does get over this injury? No, no, no. no. There's no way he, if he has an Achilles issue, yeah. you don't. I don't see him playing at BC Play. Well, he's been posing on Instagram. He seems fine. <laughs> but but it was good that Alfonso came and got the pl- the Player of the Year award pregame and all yeah, that. Yeah, which I missed because I oh. didn't know they were doing that. Oh, I, it was. We should have talked. Mm. It was right in the corner. 
Uh, it, was, it wasn't like right in the middle of the pitch or anything. It was like right that. in front of the I thought they would have done something at half time with him. But, but they did uh, the sort of Hall of Fame one. He that wasn't was nice. speaking to the media because when his pictures were out on Saturday, I shot a message going, oh, should I be coming? Is, is Fonzie talking? It's like, no, no media. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense, but it was good. I didn't have to head to train. I could get to my VMSL game instead. Now, a lot has been made in the build-up to this match around the change of culture with Canada and how the players have fully bought into what Herdman is trying to do. Every single player, it felt, in every single interview was saying the same kind of stuff. Which made me wonder, just how bad was it before that everyone's talked about this culture change? What was it that was so bad with the team before? Well, Zambrano was in there before. And if you talk to people around the program or people who, who are a little bit closer to things, yeah, you, you heard things that... Some the, the things I heard that, that were concerning about Zambrano were not tied into so much his um, leading the team and training and all that kind of stuff. There were other administrative type things. Here's the thing, though. If you listen to John Herdman talk, one of the things he'll he'll say is one of he sees one of his roles as bringing clarity so everyone knows what they're doing what they're responsible for and it's yep. it's not just the the tactical approach to the match it's about everything that it means to play for the men's national team and so i think i think yeah, that, i think playing for the jersey that was that was right. one of the things he talked about so I, the importance of it. so one i think that's part of what you're hearing michael the second is i think it's the beginning of a new it's still in within the honey let's say the honeymoon phase of a new coach's uh, reign or uh, leadership, yep. and An so I think beaten rain so far. Yeah, and I think so. I think all the players are saying kind of the positive things you need to say when you're work. You have a new boss, right? Kind of kind of thing. And so it's like, yeah, no, I think they're all being very positive. And and even when he here's the thing. Uh, I asked one one of them when we were hanging out on a Tuesday. I asked one of them. I said, look, this this whole stuff that he didn't play at a high level and all it hasn't coached men in a long time or whatever is that that been an issue at all and the the player I talked to said absolutely not. Everyone respects him. Everyone, uh, everyone is uh, very has been very welcoming of his uh, new approach and all that kind of stuff. And so I think, it, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of positives right now. In, the, in, uh, our, in well, that, that was a, but initially I know me, me. I think I heard him. You heard it too. That some of the players, maybe the players aren't there anymore. Who knows? But some of the players were going. Is this guy going to be able to switch over mm. and handle like the different? But, but, like, I mean, it's something which is, it's natural. You'd expect players to have yeah. those concerns or, or, or something initially. But, yeah, it's kind of the honeymoon period. Canada haven't faced any adversity, really. I mean, the closest was French Guiana equalising at an important part of the game today. That could... The, the wheels could have come off. Is that the first goal he's uh, under the John? Yep, yes, first yeah, goal first in goal the, yeah. in the John Herdman era that was yeah. let in. So, I mean, it was a bit dodgy, the wheels could have come off. <laughs> it, was very, it was a horrendous goal. I think they just, uh, Borean probably misjudged like where that ball, how slowly that Borean ball was was asked afterwards, his, the question was, was it disappointing to let in a goal like that? And he was just like, yes. <laughs> very disappointing. I, I think, and I love the way Borean actually, like, I, I have a feeling he did like something like a friend of mine used to do whenever he would make a mistake and feign, feign injury. Stay down. Yes. So stay down yes. so he, like people would feel sorry for him. <laughs> I know because he was him. holding his gut, and I was like, "No, he was holding his, his, his." It was, I think, he was holding his ankle or like shin or something like that, or a knee. Yeah, no, it was, it was one him. of those moments where you want the pitch to open up and swallow you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that was one of my concerns that I was kind of talking about because, and we'll cover this later on. But 
our defence is not solid. And like John Herman's kind of alluded to that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Borean, the goal, I, the defence, yes, I think the goalkeepers is I, solid, I have yeah. a lot of he, confidence he's in He's usually them. like rock solid and yeah. he's, he's had some fantastic even when he's, saves. In and even games. when he's heading the ball outside the box and there's, there's a lot of other team are coming at him. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of confidence in Simon Thomas and Maxime Kripo. Yeah. yeah. And far better than that French Guiana goalkeeper. Oh, small man. <laughs> small man. Petit is, that, is that who you say is it? No, no. Petit, oh, petit homme. Okay. I, so we go the, small man. I don't know if you, you guys might have got different information up in the press box, but the handout when you came in the stadium, they didn't have any numbers for the mm-hmm. Mexican. Oh. Yes. So I didn't, know if it, did. I didn't know if it was uh, Prudhomme or the other guy. Well, this was a guy we wanted to see because we thought he was small. So Steve was trying to find him online. He doesn't exist. I think he might have won a competition. His, his Wikipedia page is like that red line, so he oh, doesn't yeah. have a link to yeah. him. And then we went to try to find him on Transfer Market. Nothing there Nothing, either. Yeah. He's completely... Yeah, I, I think he won a raffle. <laughs> he uh, yeah. And then I, then I went to see, like, I, we saw the, the other keeper who's actually playing in France. Yeah, he plays with Brest, who I've got to say is one of my favorite French teams. Um, but I looked at, I was wondering why he didn't play. He actually was the one that played against them in uh, the 4-2 game in the Gold Cup. He did play against Canada, and uh, the goals he let in, I could understand why he wasn't playing in this game. Yes, he was not good that (laughs) day. But yet, not really a lot of adversity faced so far. And a lot has been talked about this being a Canadian team, one for the ages, a best team in a generation. Borean, after the match today, which I haven't included this audio, but he mentioned that for him, in the nine years he's been involved with the national team, this is the best squad and best group of players in those whole nine years, he says. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. I agree with that, too. The talent pool, though, it looks enticing. It looks exciting. Unbeaten in five matches since Herman took over. But the quality of opposition has not been fantastic. You've got to say. They're now about to face a massive step yes. up in quality. Yeah, in the Gold Cup. Yes. And this Nations League right. Group A. So I'm going to play a little bit of audio now from post-game today. I'm going to hear from John Herdman, Atiba Hutchinson. Can Canada cope with this step up in quality? Now, nothing, not to take anything away from the opponent, but there probably will be uh, more stern challenges coming up in your, in your future. What areas um, do you think there could be for improvement in your squad? Well, I think we're, we're still growing as a team. Uh, that's that's part of it, you know. We're growing in. Uh, there was definitely an improvement this camp in certain areas. There's been some improvement off the pitch in terms of the leadership group and what their role's been. So th- there's always growth, and and this is what's great working with guys like like Atiba. They're just they're so open-minded. You know, even at the the age he's at, he's just looking for improvement. He's looking for areas to to keep going. So we know this improvement. I thought we we were. When they stepped that high press, you know, we we didn't really react to that as well as I'd want to see. But at the same time, we haven't worked on it. We've been dealing with teams that have thrown out a low block, you know, and that's that's the the Concacaf Nations League. That's the format of that tournament. So we've had a lot of work on those teams that will defend deep and allow you the possession. That next stage of our work is coming. We'll have some tough matches in preparation, hopefully for. For the Gold Cup, and then Gold Cup will hit the ground running. We have to. Uh, so yeah, some work to do. From talking to the players this week, uh, a lot of them have talked about the Gold Cup, how well Canada can do. Some of them have talked about going on to win it. With all respect to the five teams you've played so far, this is a big, big step up in class. What gives you that belief, especially on the defensive side, that Canada can go out and compete with these top teams? 
So I think, you know, firstly, when you talk about the step up in class, you look at oh, what French Guyana did in that last Gold Cup. You know, they, they were competitive, very competitive. So I think there's a, there is that reality check of, you know, these, these teams we play, they're not that far away. Uh, so let's, I think just give the credit to the guys that, that have put on a hell of a performance out there. But I think on the other side, there is a step up coming. We know that. And defensively, you know, we, we aren't going to focus on, well, is that the issue? We know tournaments, back fours and goalkeepers win tournaments. And we've got to keep instilling the belief in those people. And, and that's the way we do it. I mean, we'll, we'll keep believing in that back four. We've got the talent in the front line. So if you ask us, uh, you know, that question, can that defence be a defence that holds up in a Gold Cup in the step of class? We'll, we'll get them there. Uh, and they're ready to go there. And if you ask them the question, they're going to say, hell yeah. <laughs> That's simple. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep pushing. Just following on from what uh, Michael sort of talked from the defensive side, um, you know, the, there was impressive things here from both of you. Maybe start with John about the way that you attacked and scored goals. Um, but the equally, not just when the, when the opposition gets better, that you have to defend, but the cutting edge to score when you get your chances has really got to be there. And, and do you feel that you've got a, you've made some progress there? But how much more room do you think you're going to need to improve to make sure that you you know when you got your chances in bigger games against bigger opposition you can really take them? Uh, because that's also another major part of it at this level. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think, and this is to give credit to those that have came before us in the team that you know that. They were at a Gold Cup in 2017 and were able to take their chances and defend it very resiliently in that Gold Cup from what I could see. So I think uh, it's not like a ground zero starting point, I think, for this team. It's, we, we've just been adding new aspects to it and blooding some young players in games that we can't. So I think, uh, you know, these guys know what it's going to take. It's, yeah, they're, they're, there's not really too many spring chickens in, in that team of when you look at the core of Scott Arfields and Atiba Hutchinson's, you know, they've been round the block, they've seen it. Uh, Jonathan Azario's, Sammy Pietz, they've seen it, they know what to expect. So when those moments come, I know that what we have got is a group of leaders that can really rise up. And as you've already highlighted, I think there's a, a cutting edge to our talent now. I think there's, you know, that, that attacking line, there's, there's a real edge to it, a real edge. So. Yeah, I agree with with John. I think um, <clears throat> I think more than anything, we're we're excited to go up uh, and and play against you know some better opponents in in the Gold Cup. Um, we have a team that's you know been creating a lot of chances in in every one of the games we've been playing over the last year. Um, so that's not a not something we're we're really worried about. I think um, you know when when those games come around, we'll be confident, and I think we'll just continue to to express ourselves. Um, We've played in games like like today uh, in the past where we wouldn't create as many chances as we we did today. Um, so there's a lot of positives in, in the way that we go out and attack. So um, yeah, like I said, it's it's more about the excitement. I think we're all looking forward to you know getting the Gold Cup on the road. We were talking to John about this. It's a big step up in class that's coming now with the Gold Cup and with Nations League. A. How confident are you in this defence that you can cope with these far better teams? 
No, we're, we're really comfortable about it. I mean, we showed, we showed it today. We, we like to play from the back, and uh, it's going to be hard, but uh, we're going to work on it. And uh, when we play uh, the, the bigger teams, uh, we're going to come out uh, strong against them like we came today. So John Herdman, Atiba Hutchinson, and Milan Borian there. Just with their thoughts about what is a big step up in quality now for Canada, getting into these Gold Cup matches, getting into the Nations A qualifiers, you have to feel to get ready for this. They need to play, in my mind, a couple of good friendlies against teams in the build-up to the Gold Cup. I don't... Are they, they haven't booked any friendlies, No, they're right? They haven't announced anything, but yeah. John kind of indicated with what he said there that he says... I, I I took it to be there's going to be a couple of games before the Gold Cup to get them ready, and it's going to be against high-profile opposition. Because what he hasn't done, which is different to what Zambrano was doing, Flora was doing, he hasn't booked all these friendly games, yeah. which I've, I'm okay with. I'm not a big fan of friendlies, but you are playing competitive at least... And I feel now is the time to maybe at least get one, two games against a much better quality of opposition just to get them in that mindset. Because as he said there, they've prepared for these teams that they know how they're going to play. They know they're going to play defensively, that they have to try and break them down, that they're going to have tons of possession. Now they need to get out of that mindset, go from having a back three or sometimes a back two to actually a, a back four. So they need to work on that now. And the best way to do that is play some of these teams. So like a, a friendly with a purpose. like Yeah. A team that can beat like Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, I, or Kazakhstan. I, yeah. Oh, that would uh, be a tough one, I think. I agree with you there. Um, like, I, I do think the, the, the it's funny because normally the, uh, the back end was never an issue with Canada. They always had a strong back end. Uh, I think now because this is a change in football, you, you need different kind of center backs. Maybe we're just waiting for that center back to come. If they can get like a a Kadisha Buchanan type, <laughs> like in, like uh, equivalent for a man. Well, she's Canadian. She can yeah, play. Yeah, I know, but uh, the the men's equivalent of that into that back line, I think that would change everything. Like a one person that can change the whole back line and give it like a hold it up kind of thing. The fullbacks are the probably the weakest point at this point. I, uh, I was surprised you're putting, today that Samari Kukbe didn't start. Yeah, but yeah. you had Mark. I think you said that they wanted to put the best eleven. Yeah, uh, he, Mark Anthony K. I thought he was really he looked he really good on the left side. What he had said in his initial sort of conference call to announce the squad was there's no point in having six world-class midfielders and three of them sitting on the bench. Yeah. He wants to get them playing you, unfamiliar positions. You could almost have had a team at right back. I know, almost. <laughs> yeah, he, there. he was kind of wondering. No, because he's played there. I oh, think yeah. the when we saw the lineup, we were like, okay, how is this? How's it going to work out? Yeah. Where's the, who's the left back? I'm still not 100% sure after seeing the game what, what was happening. But, but I, like I said, I thought Mark Anthony Cape played really well on that left side. I, I, it was surprising me because I don't think he's ever played left side before. Maybe he has when he was well, much no, younger. He, I think he played some fullback when he was younger. Was he? Okay. Oh, I think really? so. I think, don't call me on that. I know he played center back, I think, when he was younger. Yeah. I think he played some fullback. Just to, to finish off this part, obviously Gold Cup is the, the next big test. Do you feel Canada is going to be competitive? Can they get past the quarterfinal stage that they did two years ago? I, I think with this new attack, they can. And it's like, it's... It's almost as I know you guys are talking about that right now, but 2017 they were close mm-hmm. to getting that to that close, point. That Jamaica game, yeah, they could easily have got to the and, semis. And the thing is, Jamaica didn't even qualify. 
this year. Uh, they, I don't think I don't know about the gold well, cup. They yeah. haven't called Jamaica uh, and El Salvador had two. They're, they're, they're in the gold cup. Campaigns. They're in the gold cup, but they're not in that uh, pot A or pot A. Yeah. Um, but the the bigger thing is now. I think if they can elevate that 2017 and get into uh, the 2019 and. I, I don't know how like where manager James is oh, listed. Right. He wasn't with the team, and oh, he was a big part of that twenty seventeen center back. Center back. Him. So I don't know. Like he's playing in I think Denmark right now. I I, th- I think they were in the playoffs or something like that. That's why maybe he didn't come because he's just been recalled by them because they had injury issues. Oh, so mm-hmm. I think maybe he didn't get released. I uh, I never got to check to see what exactly happened to him. But I think there are players like for example, right back. You got uh, ZBG. He, he looked yeah. decent today. He didn't really attack that much. Okay, this is Canada, so it's ZBG. Oh, ZBG, sorry. And then, uh, and then Adekubi Mar- looked Marcus good. Marcus Cadinho as well, who we're going to hear from in the, the next part. And who knows, maybe after a, a year in CPL, maybe Caden Chung can get back into the uh, the to- you know talking points of the national team. So you, we'll see what happens. I mean, one of the things John said today after it was, this isn't ground zero. They're not like starting a team from scratch. It's yeah. not like an expansion national team. It's... You've got something to build on. It's just you've got some new players in the mix. And we're, we're going to hear from some of the, the new guys or newish guys in the next part. And we'll bring you that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. of the month there the Sultans of Ping that was Wake Up and Scratch Me from their second album not their first one I've been playing all the songs from the first one wearing the t-shirt for Teenage it well. Punks. Teenage Punks was the name of the album this is wait can you turn around I gotta make before I say oh what does that say Purity Madness Ultimate Power this is again one of the I think more appropriate t-shirts yeah. you're wearing because your Purity Madness and Ultimate Power I think could be the, our three nicknames obviously I'll take Ultimate Power you two can fight over which one is purity and which one is madness. <laughs> I'm going with purity for, for Steve. Really? Yeah. I've seen him on a megaphone. Oh. Crazy. But yes, that was our Artist of the Month. We've got one more to come from them next week. But and you've then, seen me too when I'm angry. True. <laughs> you wouldn't like him when he's angry. No, you don't. Yeah, Steve. Clothes rip. But he is losing weight, so like that doesn't happen as much anymore. Wait, but we, while we're talking about Hulk... That's a beautiful jacket. Is that a new jacket? I've, I've found it in the States. It's beautiful. It's like seven bucks. Why didn't you get me one? 
I didn't think about it at that time. I guess we'd be on a twin all the time. Yeah. He's wearing a beautiful. He was wearing a beautiful Black Panther jacket. Oh. I was gonna wear it to the uh, the game today. I didn't know Alfonso was even there, so I was just gonna wear it to uh. if he played. Well, of course, we were at the game today. It was in Vancouver. We were here. TSN though. Luke Wildman and Stephen Caldwell called the game today from Toronto. But they sent Christian Jack. Yes, but they couldn't fly the commentators out. I guess they couldn't drive some of the commentators out too because we had two commentators here that could have called the game locally. I know. Uh, strange decision. I haven't had a chance to watch what the, this first Media Pro production was like. so I, I have it on the PBR. I'm looking forward to watching yeah, it. Yeah, so at least there's that. So that, that'll be an interesting and, thing. And uh, one of the executive suites... Uh, uh, Canadian soccer business. We were there. Oh well, well yeah. Well, the, and there was a lot of uh, like CPL shirts uh, and stuff. All the out. CPL had their ops people there, so yeah. they've been here ah. all all week or most of the week, and they've Working been wa- watching the CSA and how they set up for a match and all that kind of stuff. I was talking to Joe Guest from the CSA, and yeah, so they're watching to help them get ready for obviously when they their clubs start. But it's all specifically the CSA wants the Voyagers Cups matches to go well and be very professional and yes. all that kind of stuff. So it was a good learning weekend for the it's the growth good. of Canadian uh, fo- club football. It's good news. Yeah, exciting times. It, it was funny the media pro people. There was a lot of people walking around, the, and I was I just I was just for myself. I was just like I was playing this little game. Like people walk by, be like, "That's a media pro guy." That's not a media pro person. That's a good they had fourteen cameras at the game. Apart, yeah, they had a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people. But it's an exciting young core of Canadian players that we have right now, and this is a squad that you feel the big bulk of it is going to be together for both the next two World Cup qualifying. There's camp, key well, players, definitely qualifying campaign and hosting. Definitely key players. Yeah, but you have to feel a big chunk of this. Thirteen players in the squad after taking Fonz and all those guys out, 13 players were age 24 or under. Yeah. So that's a pretty good base. You've got your veterans. You've got your kind of in-betweeners as well. One player in particular that you feel is going to be a mainstay is maybe going to be a bit of a stalwart in this Canadian team for these next two World Cups. Well, at least Mark for, Anthony Kay. Definitely for the first... like the first. If he keeps set. up his rise, oh, for sure, he, yeah. he should hopefully be a guy... He's, he's 24 just now. So come 2022, 27, hosting it in 2026, you're looking, he's going to be 31, 32. I'm not but sure what my, his my, my, is. my hope is that, I, and I'm nothing against Mark Anthony K. I think he's fantastic, but I'm hoping somebody gets becomes better than him. That's my hope, that some of these guys aren't there because they're so, some, maybe they're yeah. on the bench and they're not starting. Because they're so. pushed by some young Canadians yes. developing yes. the Canadian Premier League. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's what my hope is that. Uh, I know you want to get some of these guys there, but I want some of these younger people to yeah. surpass the guys. Although the at 31, he could be just a, like a legend by then. Yeah, he would, for sure. Yeah. He could be the Atiba of his for, uh, that's, era. That's very good. He's, really He's almost highly... a clone. Oh, can we clone players? That'd be awesome. <laughs> Is that allowed yet? I think Someone get be. the FIFA rulebook. Yeah. But Mark anthony Key, great to see him back on the pitch. Great to see him back playing for LAFC as well. Highly thought of there. He, he earned himself a contract extension in December when he still had a year of his contract to go. So that's how much LAFC are thinking of him. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying an MLS club has a player that they liked a lot? A Canadian who did, player. Who, who did a lot for them. And they said, oh, you have a contract, but we want to Did you have to bring that up? <laughs> you know when you I set him up. I just to play my chat with I'm Mark. S- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know, I I was, know it'd be 20 minutes in before I got to play. Like we said before, I was, we were all really stoked for him. Yeah, and he was good today. I, he was getting a bit frustrated in the second half that things weren't coming off. 
But I got a chance to speak to him at training on Thursday. We talked about the injury, Canada, and also what it was like to be a player under Mark DeSantos. First thing to ask you, Mark, back from injury, everyone's really excited about that. How are you feeling now? You feel you're up to full fitness now? You know, uh, like I always say, there's good and bad days. So, um, you know, I just kind of go with the flow of it. I'm trying to always push uh, myself to the highest level I can be at. So, um, you know, my fitness, I feel I feel good fit-wise, you know. Um, and I think at LAFC, they did a good job to prepare me for the season after my injury. So uh, it's just continuing to do the extra work in the gym and take care of my body so that I can come to a camp like this and actually perform at the level that I'm required to so um, yeah I said fitness wise I'm there So many of us up here were were watching how you had done with LAFC you had had such a great start to the season talking about your season up to the injury how how did you see that going was it like a dream first MLS season for you? Uh, No not necessarily you know I always I always was confident about myself and I knew that if I got the opportunity to play in the MLS that I would show people that, you know, I should have been in the league a while ago, you know. Um, So, uh, yeah, you know, I just went in with an open mind and just listened to the coaches and worked really hard and everything they had taught me, you know, paid off because I was doing it on the field. So, um, yeah, I might have surprised some people, but I didn't really surprise myself. You know, I think that I could have had a better season for the half of the season I was in. You know, I think I could have got more goals and more assists. So um, I definitely want to build on that. But, you know, the first 20 games were definitely great. When you have an injury like like you had, I mean, watching it right away, it looked like it was a bad one. Did you know right away that it was a serious one? Uh, Yeah, I knew something was wrong. It was uh, a lot of pain in my calf, and I thought I had torn my Achilles. But... um, yeah, you know, it's just it's a lot of emotions running through your head at that time. So you don't really know what it is. You think it's it's painful, but you're hoping that, you know, you can walk it off and then, you know, maybe take a couple seconds to recuperate and then get back on the field. So and it's actually I tried to try and get back on the field. Like I, I was telling them, oh, like, really? I was telling them, uh, yeah, just stretch me out. But then <laughs> when I actually looked down at my ankle, I saw how like fat it was. And I was like, yeah, that's not good. So we took an x-ray within... 15 minutes and tell that it was fractured and I was like it's going to be a long time out so yeah it was a tough tough moment yeah but yeah, I mean LAFC is really high and you, you got rewarded with a new contract was was that nice to know how much they appreciate you by giving you that, that contract yeah for sure it's always good to feel uh, valued you know and the best way to feel valued at a club is them offering you a new deal and I think uh, they didn't have to you know I still had another year on my contract my previous contract but I uh, you know, I think they wanted to show their faith in me and uh, let me know that, you know, they have my full backing to come back from this injury and they're confident that I'll recover and be better. So, yeah, it was definitely a happy moment for me and my family when I was able to get that deal done. Looking at how the team started this year, I mean, it's, it's a really strong start. Last year, it, it felt like you guys could have gone way further in the mm-hmm. playoffs than you did because RSL, I don't know how yeah. they got past you really, but... Looking ahead to this season, you must believe that this team can go all the way this time. Yeah, 100%. I think we can win MLS. Um, you know, we have a very good culture there. Um, the players, we know each other inside out. And uh, at the moment, we're playing really good football. So I think that uh, it's just taking it to the next level. You know, I think mentally wise, we need to keep pushing to become stronger as a team. And, and 
a better cohesive unit. But uh, right now, everything is going great. And we know that there's a lot of ups and downs in the season, but we're trying to just take it one game at a time and, you know, get a result every game. And we've got one of your ex-coaches here in Mark DeSantos now. He spoke very highly of you. We were trying to get him to poach you and sign you for here. But um, what's he like as a coach? How, how did you find working under Mark? No, he's very passionate and a very intelligent coach. I think that, you know, he's, he's very good at talking, getting his point across. Um, and he knows how to get people to buy into what he wants to do. So it was, uh, it was very good working underneath him. And I was very happy that he got the opportunity to come here to Vancouver because he's a great guy and it's a great opportunity for him to, you know, step in the next level because he's always proved that he can be a winner wherever he goes and also for his family, you know, he, they got to live together and all that stuff. So it was, it was a good moment when I saw it. Turning attention to, to Canada now, the, this squad, we spoke to so many of the guys, everyone's saying the same thing. I, I'm, you'll probably say the same thing as well, but this feels like such a special group, like... Just speaking to Marcus there, he said when he came into the squad, he didn't know the guys, but now there's not one guy in the squad that he wouldn't go out and die for on the pitch. Mm. Is, is that just how it feels? Yeah, and I think that's how it should be. And I think uh, it's taken us a while as a national team to get to that level. I think that uh, there's been a lot of moving pieces uh, in the previous year, so it's hard to create that culture you want when there's so many guys coming in and out. And uh, I think right now we're in a good spot where we have, you know, I would say 30, 35 guys who have bought into what we want to do. So, you know, I've been on multiple teams that have been successful in the in the way they 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 work together and they fight on the field for each other. You know, so I think that uh, we're moving in the right direction, and the coaching staff has us on the right page. So it's it is very exciting, also because we have a lot of young, talented players. You yeah. know, and uh, I think that is probably the most talented crop Canada's had in a long time, and it's I'm very fortunate to be part of it. You know, and I think that. Uh, it, it it gives us uh, it puts us all, like in a pressurized situation because people now depend on us to get results. But at the same time, I think we'll rise to the occasion, and everyone wants to have that responsibility of being this this team that uh, Canada hasn't seen before. It is such a young core, and like you look at this group, and you can easily see them in the 2026 World Cup and the 2022. John's talked a lot about. He's not even looking at 2026. He believes this team can qualify for Qatar. Yeah. Is, is that no, no, that's how it is. Yeah. I, you know, kind of gets me upset when people, you know, jump to 2026. Yeah. Like that's a ways away. You know, um, yeah, it's going to be nice for Canada to be in a World Cup then, but it, it'll feel much better when you actually qualify for one. You know, not because you're a host country. Yet. You know, we've taken shit for a long time as a country so and it, and you know I play in the US so I'm around yeah. Americans all the time and other nationalities you know we don't have a good rep so uh, we're trying to change that and I think that we're going in the right direction to do that that's great thank you so Perfect, much man. and good thank luck you so much. nice talking to you again Mark Anthony Kay there. He is A-OK. Was a little bit concerned at one point in the second half when he went down after a tackle. I was like, oh, I just hope nothing bad's happened. But he was he was good. It was a rough game because the, the referee let a, a lot yeah. of stuff go. Me- in Mexico, though, I think you have to decapitate the player to get a yellow card. Speaking so. of referee, how did VAR do today? There was no VAR. There's no need for VAR, mostly. Don't start me on VAR. <laughs> That's coming up in part four. But... It is great to see Mark back playing for club 
and country, doing so well. He's already scored one goal in his, his three MLS starts this season for, for LAFC. I, I remember them saying that the, uh, it was commentators on air that said that the reason why they kind of took a, a dip was because of his absence. He, oh, he was the main oh, reason. Yeah. Yeah. He was a linchpin for them. Yeah. It was like, Which he, is one of the reasons why they changed his contract, to yeah. reflect his importance in the team. You look at Canada's midfield right now, though. He's got stacked. Atiba. Stacked. Yeah, for now. Atiba is likely to bow out at the Gold Cup from what we're hearing. Scotty Arfield's probably got this next World Cup in him, and then after that, he'll probably be out with, with his age as well. So Mark K is going to be one of these guys that leads it. Are you allowed to call him Mark K? Mark Anthony K. Uh, I mean, I thought maybe you were tight or something. No. M-A-K? I, I, I am, because I'm Scottish. We're very tight, especially <laughs> with money. But... <laughs> We, we talked about, like you, you said, you, you hope there maybe is a guy that comes through from CPL or some young Canadian talent that dislodges yeah. someone like Kay down the road. Do we have anyone in the pipeline that you see right now as being one of those guys? No, it's it's, uh, it's too soon to, like, like for example, like a, I'll get you, uh, I mean, this is a really far off example, Simon Colin. He's only 16 right That's now. That's true. We don't know who these guys are going to be right now because they're still developing. Yeah. It's too early to say. Because so, nobody saw Mark Anthony K when he was like uh, well, Toronto four or five re- He's a Toronto region. Exactly. Yeah. So the, like he's, he's a late developer. Yeah. There could be somebody. Uh, how about the Pacific FC's uh, uh, um, Hojapur? Yeah. yeah Larry, That's he a good was, show. He was highly rated at one point. Simon. Uh, Habibula. I, I never thought of si- Simon because mm. he's such a different type of midfielder than Mark Anthony K. But yeah, you, you don't remember it all. Obviously, my mom, <laughs> this is going to sound like a broken record from our previous show. But my went to, to Dave Norman. Like, that's, a, yeah. he's yeah. still young enough. And. The Bo- Michael Bodissimo? Yeah. So basically, just white caps. <laughs> well, we, unfortunately, we don't know. Like, it's the same thing when we talk about Cavalry and Pacific FC. We're talking about, oh, these teams are going to be so good. We're not. Too aware of what's going on back east because we're not Apart familiar from Halifax, with it. Well, you have your friend back east. Yeah, my friend back east that says some of those teams are pretty good. But we're like you, you know the Skyler Thomases, you know the Kyle yeah. Porters, but we don't know the the lower end people how talented they are, and, and that's why CPL is going to be good because even we can find, uh, see these yeah. players regularly and find out. How I'm looking they are. forward to seeing all the Trinidad and German guys at Halifax. <laughs> so we know Canada's attack is strong. Midfield's pretty stacked right now. We've talked a little bit about my worries, at least defensively. The right-back situation. Just look at that just now. So today you had ZBG. I thought Marcus Godinho might have got the start just because he's in good form just now with Hearts. Yeah, he's playing in Scotland. That's why you think that. questions about playing on turf, though. But he's he's played on turf in Scotland, Kilmarnock, Hamilton. they, They play on turf. But... I, I feel going forward, and not just because he's playing in Scotland, because I'd quite like him to come and play for the Whitecaps, because I think that could be a future hmm. right-back for for Vancouver. I, I think he could be the guy that is the starting right-back going forward for Canada. Yeah, for sure. I like How old is he? Like 20? 21. Yeah, so he's still young. He still has time to even get better. That's the thing. Right-back is so open that you don't know who it's going to be. And I think Godinho is a good shout out for that because he he's regularly starting. I believe yep, in hard. He's, so, he's taking the starting so, spot now. Like the thing is with uh, ZBJ is that he uh, he was with Lyon, but he hasn't played with them mm-hmm. uh, with the first team. He's played with the second team. 
He got loaned to Montreal. He's only played one game there. So he's still... That's why it was a little surprising that yeah, he was there. Because John talked about... It doesn't matter if you're with a big team. If you're not playing and starting, you're not guaranteed to be playing for the national team. Maybe he saw something in training that he liked or maybe mm. uh, Godinho was a little tired because of all his starts or something. I don't know. He he has had a bit of an injury at the oh, start of the season. So, But he has, he has started for Hearts in the last four or five games. Got a chance to, to catch up with Marcus at training on Thursday. Play you that now. Talking about all things Canada, Hearts, and even a little bit of Dario Zanatta. Just wanna be Marcus, first of all, over here in Vancouver for, for this game against French Guiana, how excited are you to, to get back involved with the national team? Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, it's been a few months away from the boys, so it's good to reconnect with them. It's good to get back playing international football. You know, it's always an honour to play for the country and, you know, really excited, looking forward to a big game this weekend. You've had a really good season, personally, at club level. You seem to have broken into the heart starting lineup at least now. Describe how that this season's been for you. Uh, it's been up and down, to be honest. At the start of the season, I was out injured. I think around October, I came back in, kind of got rushed back into a game. Trained for maybe about a week and went straight into a start. Got through that and then had a couple of weeks kind of just training, just building back into it. I was kind of in and out. And then towards the end of the year, I had a good run of games. Um, was playing well, a lot better, starting to feel more like myself. And then turn of the year, I've kept playing and I've been doing a lot better. What brought you to Hearts? I mean... Looking at yeah, you came through Toronto 2 and then you played a little bit of League 1. How did you end up in Scotland? Um, well, in Toronto, I just didn't see it working out anytime soon. So I wanted to challenge myself and get playing first-team football as fast as I could. So I was looking for other options. And I knew uh, Dario Zanata was yeah. over in, at Hearts already and with the same agent at the time. So um, right. we played, I think, with the under-20s against England. I think we'd beat them and straight from there uh, they had set up a trial for me at Hearts and I flew over from there and went well and they signed me. I was going to ask you about Dario because I've known Dario for years I know his dad and we've chatted a a few times since he's been to Hearts. Having another Canadian there and a guy that you know has that helped you kind of settle in? Oh yeah it was massive. As soon as I got there it was all the guys pretty much just accepted me. It wasn't like you hear all the stories about guys going over to other clubs and it's, it's really tough. But for me, I felt like as soon as I got there, I just kind of clicked. I had a friend right away. Uh, there was another boy, Harry Payne, as well, that came over at me at the time as yeah. well. So I felt like I was at home. I had two Canadians there with yeah. me already. I guess Perry Kitchen was there for a, yeah. a, a spell as well. So. Yeah, he came over for a bit. So we were taking over. It was becoming North America parts. <laughs> how, how have you found life in Scotland? Because speaking to Dario, he, he's kinda, he settled in pretty well, he said. Accents maybe a little bit, the, the stuff, especially in the locker room. Like just trying to understand the guys. I mean, ha- have you had any issues with that? Uh, first year was quite tough. I didn't understand anything, the banter, the accent, all of it. So I was really struggling, but started to get used to it. And then in my second year, I felt like it was home. I love it, love living there, love the fans, love everything about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Fife, just to the north. So it's like I was over in Edinburgh alone, so I'm used to it. And that's what I miss about being here. I've been here since 2007, but I miss Edinburgh. It's, it's such a beautiful city. The fans as well, it's such a passionate fan base. How have you found like the Hibs Heart rivalry? Oh, it's unreal. My second game was at Easter Road. Yeah. And even just recently we beat them there. It was Honestly, that was the best experience of my life, I'd say, to this day. Beating them there, the fans, you, you can't imagine. It was unbelievable. After the game, everyone stayed. It was, it was, it was honestly, the atmosphere was unreal. 
So at Hearts himself, it's been a little bit of an up and down season, kind of hitting a bit of form in the semi-finals now of the Scottish Cup. Looking forward to that, the chance to maybe lift, being a cup final or lift a, a, a trophy, what does that mean to you? I mean, it's everything you want as a footballer to bring home a trophy, so I know the fans are absolutely dying for us to win it, so hopefully we can put in a good performance in the semis and move on. And I mean, even just getting to the finals, unreal for me. Never Last year, if you were telling me I was going to be in the Scottish Cup final and yeah. potentially playing, I would have been like, no way, but now it's so close, it's, it's unreal. Yeah, and you've got a good draw as well, which, which should be pretty good. Turning attention back to Canada, just for the last couple of questions, this squad just now, we've spoken to so many of the guys this week and they're all saying the same thing, that it's just such a close-knit group, it's like a band of brothers and it just feels a different atmosphere. I know you were just brought in under John, how have you found him as a coach and just the whole thing? No, he's brilliant. I mean, I think every single one of the players, first camp, I didn't know many of them and now there's not one player I wouldn't really die for, they're, they're my brothers. And that's something he's brought in. Tactically, it's been excellent. We've got an identity finally, and we know what we're out there to do. We know what the plan is, and it's it's unreal. And you're a young lad. You're looking at 2026 hosting here. John's talked a lot about 2022 as well. The belief in the group seems to really be that you guys can make it to Qatar. Yeah, hundred percent. We we're not afraid of anyone right now. We know that we're going to go out there. We're going to as long as we execute what our plan is. There's no one that we're not going to beat. And like I said, we're looking forward, looking forward to the game this weekend, looking forward to the Gold Cup, and that's just the start. There's sky's the limit with this group. And last thing, just for for you on a personal basis, what what are you hoping for now? Are you wanting to like carve out a career in Scotland? Are you keeping your options open? Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, I want to keep doing well in Scotland, and then if I'm doing well there, then other things will open up. But for now, I'm just focused on doing well at Hearts. That was great. Thanks Perfect. so much. No worries. Good luck in the semi final. Away up in Gorgie and Pinecastle Park There's a wee fit for Tim that will lay me his mark They've won all the honours for footballing arts And there's nae ever thing they compare with a heart's Marcus Godinho there. I'm pretty sure he's kind of got picked up a little bit of a Scottish twang to his I, accent. I, if you're if you're hanging out there, you will. Like yeah. I, I picked it up because of hanging around you so much. <laughs> and for those of you doing the bingo at home, that was your five box to to tick off. Me mentioning that today. So there we go. Just final bit that we'll we'll just talk about in this section. Dual nationals. And John Herdman kind of referenced that today in his post match comments as well. There's been a number of dual nationals that he's got to commit to the programme in recent years. Balu Tabla is maybe one of the highest profile yeah, ones. Yeah. You've got the Portuguese guy whose name I can't remember. Esquitito or something like that. He's highly regarded out there, yes. Yes. Like, especially among the team. Yeah. Two guys that have been mentioned a lot recently. Christian Gutierrez, 22-year-old Colo Colo left back. He's been capped four times by Chile's under-20s. Fikeo Tamori, yeah. 21-year-old Chelsea defender, who is a centre-back, which we're desperately needing. He has played under-20 with Canada, but then made the switch to England and played U19, U20, U21s with England. He, in fact, he can make the switch back, right? He can yeah. make the switch. He, he, can, he, he, he played in for Canada against England. Yes. Um, in the game, what, they, they beat him, basically. Yes. And that's one of the reasons. Was two, yeah, they're like, two, oh, we like him. No, we take him. We beat him 2-1 right. or something like that. And that's one of the, yeah. He's been coveted by Canada. Whether he will make the switch, who knows. Y- you feel some of these players that maybe on the fence. A good gold cup, good run in the Nations League could be the thing that pushes them into yeah. picking Canada. 
He hasn't been capped yet at, at the national. He no. Just, uh, Bo- uh, they're both good. Uh, like Christian, for example, G- Gutierrez, he has a twin brother that's playing for Valor FC. Diego. Yeah, so that, sh- that could be. Maybe he can play for both countries and they could just uh, say we got Diego to play. I don't know. Vamos Guti. So, it, it, yeah, it's interesting to see. Uh, so far, he did get the biggest name, uh, Balu Tabla. Um, John Herdman. Let's see if he can get this one. I think... Uh, he didn't feature today, surprisingly. No, no Alfonso, no, no. Balu. Check out, though, my chat with Baloo Tabla in the extra podcast. If yes. you're not a subscriber, check that out. If, Tomori- you're, not a, if you're not a subscriber, become one. Yes. Yeah. Tomori could be the guy that really elevates that the back line like we were talking about in the last segment. But we'll speak more about Fikeo tomorrow, though. Coming up in part three, we've got a couple more interviews and a fun song to kick things off. This is Atiba Hutchinson, and you're listening to the AFTN Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was Dex's Midnight Runners with Jackie Wilson said. Originally a Van Morrison song, but their version is the, the more well-known one. Dex's Midnight Runners, I don't know how well-known they are in Canada. They had the big hit in the 80s with the iconic song Come On Eileen. Yeah, I like that one. Also a really good porn film, by the way. Jackie Wilson said... Playing that because today is the anniversary of the death of Jules Verne and famous author Jockey Wilson. Anyone know who Jockey Wilson is? I don't know who he is. He died aged 62 in 2012 from Kirkcaldian Fife. Okay, so he's local. Only Scotland's second best ever darts player. Another Fife reference. Yeah. Some may maybe say the first, but I think Gary Anderson's above him. (laughs) But the reason I've played Jackie Wilson, and it's about Jockey Wilson, when Dex's Midnight Runners appeared on Top of the Pops back in the day in UK television, instead of a picture of Jackie Wilson in the background, someone hung a big picture of Jockey Wilson, the darts player. And to this day, there's still debate as to whether it was just a joke or whether they misheard on the phone and actually got the picture of Jockey Wilson. <laughs> Well, I don't, I've never read any Jules Verne, but I... Oh, I, I love him. I've got a I, lot of his books. I only know about him because I love Back to the Future. <laughs> Jules Verne's books are some of my favorite. I, I really like Victorian literature. Like, I've got lots of... I've got a whole collection of Charles Dickens stuff, and I like Sherlock Holmes, but Jules Verne's like I, My famous... My favorite one was uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. That's, I think Round that's the World in 80 Days Should is I read a lot it? of fun. Oh, it's yeah. worth yeah, it. Yeah. Tonight's wavelength is also paying tribute to somebody that died today. 
but we'll keep you guessing about that. But it is football related. He didn't die today, but he died today three years ago. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, everybody's not going to be Googling it and finding out who it is. They should. Well, I have something we can talk about when we talk about that. Bert. Yeah, because it kind of ties <laughs> in, I guess, yeah. So, back to the Canada chat. So, we chatted about all these young guys and the young core and the young guns that are coming through. Former white cap Alfonso Davies may not have played against French Guiana, but some current white caps did. Daniil, Cornelius, Russell Tiber came on as a sub. Hopefully he's okay after his shoulder injury. He did finish the game at least, so yeah. but but left immediately. Yeah, but left, he left holding that shoulder really yeah. quickly. He first played for Canada in 2012. He has played for Canada under seven different head coaches in seven years. I got a chance to speak with Rusty at Canada training this week. Just about his injury coming back from it. Hopefully he's not got another one. And just what it means to him to be part of this Canadian team. First of all, how are you feeling, Rusty, after the start of the season the injuries yeah yeah it's been a tough start but uh, I'm feeling good today and I think that's that's kind of how we've been taking things this day by day and uh, you know I'm, I'm happy to be in camp I'm happy to be healthy enough to be in camp um, a little bit rusty no no uh, no pun intended but uh, you know I'm feeling good I'm feeling good you're kind of a stalwart of this team you've been around it for such a long time now What's the feeling like out there? It, it feels different with all the new guys and yeah. it's playing style feels different. It is. How is it for you? It's a, it's a complete change of identity, a complete change of culture with this team. And it's, you know, since I've been involved with this team, this is the most exciting time. It's uh, We really have a feel that everyone in this locker room has that same feeling, same ambition, same purpose, to, that we can really do something special here. And the goal is, uh, you know, it's it's to, to go pretty far in the Gold Cup and, and actually win it. What has been the, the thing that's changed? Is it just John or is it just... He plays a big part in it, yeah, for sure. The new players that's come in as well, is it they've got this mentality? It could be an accumulation of both those things. Obviously, the, the new players help, but I really think John's done a great job you know, putting this team together with the three different groups, the veterans, in-betweeners, and the, and the young guys. Um, he's, he's established this, this new culture and this, this new way and code of conduct, code of, code of the shirt. When you come in, you, know, you, you feel a real sense of pride playing for your country. And obviously coming back to play in Vancouver, what, what does it mean to you? You talked about this, I know, in December, but what, what does it mean to you to be playing in Vancouver? It's, you know, I haven't been able to play at BC Place yet. Um, yeah. I missed the, the majority, <laughs> you know, the preseason and, and most of the beginning of the season. So um, it'll be really, really nice, you know, to be back at BC Place playing in front of our fans. Um, I can't wait to play there with the national, national team. And I certainly can't wait to, to be back playing with the Whitecaps. And like just looking ahead to the Gold Cup, this is such an exciting unit. The offensive thing in particular Fonzie in one wing Tablo on the other you've got a strong midfield how good can this team be? This team has the potential to do something very very great very exciting um, the quality of players is probably as good as it's ever been um, but I think the thing that stands out is, is the team chemistry You know, the, the way this team has come together and bonded so far um, it, it's something that we've never seen with this national team in quite some time and you know, I think it's only going to get stronger and very last thing John's talked about Qatar 2022 has been a big focus not 2026 looking at 2022 whether it's 32 teams whether it's 48 teams must be a firm belief in the squad that you guys can get there. We have every intention of doing so. You know, we know that all the we all know the World Cup's coming here, but you know, our goal is is, is the next one coming. So uh, everyone has that belief that we can do something special with this team, and, and we're going to keep working towards that. Great, thanks so much, and good luck. Thank you very Cheers. much. 
Russell Tybert there. I, I like what he said there about how you've got the young guys, you've got the veterans, and you've got the tweeners. Now, Rusty's 26, but he's kind of a veteran. Or is he a tweener? Where, where would you put him? I'd say more a tweener than a veteran. But then, like, think about what Daniel Henry said at the start when we spoke to him about... Well, he didn't care he's what young, you but said. he's still a veteran. In MLS sense. Mm. I think he's different than the national team, isn't it? I don't know. 23 appearances Rusty has. 23. Almost 28. Mm. Where do you see Tybert fitting in with Canada these days? And, like, do you see him as being a first-teamer? Probably not in the national team, but even with the Whitecaps... Is he a starter these days? Well, with Canada, the way he came on today in today's game, I thought it would fit perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. like obviously, Osorio, maybe he was... Uh, uh, they, they took him... He's the one that... Yeah, he went got, straight up the tunnels. Really. Yeah. yeah. But um, he came back right after. Yeah. Like, when he was in there, he was, like, really harassing the back line of uh, French Canada and uh, the them trying to build up the game. So I thought he, would re- he really worked well uh, in that forward position. I mean, Andy Rose is obviously injured. Do you ha- do you put Ru- if Rusty is fit and he hasn't got the shoulder injury? Do you put him in the team against Seattle? Do you go back to Felipe? I I would put him in if he's fit. I think I would as well. They need some harassing on the field, unless Felipe can do it. But uh, Felipe they didn't really do it in that first game. I think I think it'll be Felipe. But if Rusty's good to go, it would be nice for him to get uh, a start. But like he could win the ball back for Arise and Inbaum. Pretty easily for them. So I, I feel he, he would be more valuable. The problem there is you don't have an actual 10. Yeah. Like this is, the, I mean, yeah. that's the old age-old well, problem. Well, Inbom played 10 for Korea. Yes, he did. Game, so. but, he, yeah. but he's not a 10. Like, he's yeah. more of a dynamic. He's more of a dynamic. Yeah, it's true. But he's more of a dynamic 8. So can Joaquin. <laughs> now, there's no doubt about someone that is a veteran. He could maybe have been a white cap if the rumors were true as well. Atiba Hutchinson. Sorry, didn't ask him that. Yeah. 17 years he's been playing with a senior national team. 81 appearances. 82, I guess, now after today. The indications are that at 36, this is going to be kind of his last hurrah on the international scene, the Gold Cup. It's probably going to be where he bows out. Now, Zach got a chance to, to chat with Atiba at training this week. But a whole load of things. Let's hear what he had to say. So is it uh, good to be back with the national team? Always, man. Always. It's. Uh, I mean, you see the talent here, and, and uh, I always enjoy coming in, into Canada and, and playing with these guys. Um, it's always something special for me, for sure. And uh, the group is—it's an amazing group now. And the team has really come come together, gelled very nicely together. So. Yeah, I love it. I always enjoy it and I take a lot of pride in, in representing our country. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk more a little bit more about this group of players. It's, it's mm-hmm. it, every generation or every you know whatever uh, it has a different feel to it. Has a and th- there seems to be a lot of optimism with all the young players with such potential talent. You, mm-hmm. you, your your group had this had a similar feel. Right. This group has its own kind of feel. Mm-hmm. What's it What's it like being on on this end of things and and uh, being a leader and being the the captain, the voice in the, in the room? No, well, you, I mean, it's just looking around and seeing the talent, you know. Everybody is, is not afraid to express themselves. And 
um, there's just a way about you know how we go out there and play and, and the mindset that we have. You know, um, obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the leaders now, and I try to be. Uh, I mean, I'm not the most vocal guy, but I try to be as, as vocal as I can. And um, yeah, like I said, we we have so much talent, and just to come out there in, in every training session, the way we approach the game is it's uh, it's, it's nice to see. Um, and there's a lot of depth in the team, you know, and, and the whole pool of. Of uh, Canadian players, you know, uh, we were just speaking now. You know, if there's one or two players that get injuries, there's, there's a lineup of players that are ready to come in. So that's something that we've missed for for a while, and it's good to see that. You know, there's there's players that are playing at high levels now, playing uh, you know some first team football, and you need that with with any national team. Yeah, and then John Herman's new uh, in his role. What's his approach like? Not necessarily totally comparison to previous regimes, but uh, what's uh, meaningful for you about how he leads? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a very good leader. He's, he's about getting everybody on the same page and really, you know, getting John into what what our approach is and, and you know, what we want to do, uh, you know, having the right mindset. Uh, he works on a lot of details. He's, he's very, um, you know, very... Uh, hard with that you know he wants everybody to be locked in and, and know exactly what what our team is supposed to do you know and, and create a real identity for for the national team so um, that's something that's that's good to have i i think in the national team and we can continue to build and, and get to where we want to be i think there's a lot of potential for us you you know well in football you can take nothing for granted so going into Sunday's match, yeah, on paper or past history or whatever, the, the match could be viewed in such a way. Players obviously can't do that. How do, uh, how do you guys approach this game with uh, obviously needing win? You need to win. You need to score as many goals as possible. What's the mindset for like you as a player and, and amongst the squad and even coming from the coaches? What's the approach to a match like this Sunday? Every game we, we approach a, a certain way. We want to go out there and put out a good showing. You know? We want to... We want to go out there. We want to create chances, uh, you know, in the attack, um, scoring goals. You know, making sure we don't uh, concede any goals. And like you said, it's important for us to, you know, get a good result um, with, with getting points and that, and, and getting into the Gold Cup uh, and, and as well as the Nations League. So um, it's an important game for us. And, and I think we're all just focused on, on knowing exactly what we want to do over the next couple of days of training. We'll continue to work on that and, and make sure we're ready for that game to, to go out there and score goals. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, beyond this, beyond the season, what are things looking like for you? You're Besiktas, you're adored, you're loved there. Uh, the, the, the fans are passionate about, about supporting you. Uh, what, what do you see in the short the short term, medium term, long term for you? Yeah, just now, I mean, I've uh, it's, it's kind of been a long season for me as uh, it, it's taken me some time to just get healthy and, and fit. Uh, you know, I had some struggles with with my ankle early on in the season and I'm, I'm now starting to feel a lot better so I'm just you know just taking it one day at a time you know I'm enjoying my football again um, and that's it really I just want to finish off the season you know on a good note um, I'm here with the national team now Ho- hopefully go out and put in, put out a good game and uh, when I get back to my club just just take it from there hopefully the season goes goes well we finish uh, in a good position in the league and we'll see what happens over the summer yeah we talked about this generation of, of players coming through for the national team the other thing which you, you probably get tired of being asked about but the other thing is that's happening in the country is the birth of, a, of, a, of an actual league which mm-hmm. when you were coming through you didn't have yeah. these kind of opportunities you didn't have this what a how do how do you perceive it all? What's what's as you look back and listen and see and watch and people tell you stuff or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. what's your perception on all that's happening in Canadian football? I think it's uh, I think it's it's I mean it's it's about time something like this happens. You know, we've we've wanted something like this and, and talked about something like this for 
yeah, for as long as I could remember. So now that it's uh, you know it's about to happen, it's it's good to see. You know, it's a, it's a step for us. Uh, you know, I, I believe and I hope uh, I hope and believe that things will go in the right direction. Um, but it's it's something for for Canadian soccer to you know go or get to a level where we want it to be. This is something that needs to you know needs to be in place. So um, yeah, I, I'm just. I'm very hopeful of things, and uh, I'm excited to see how, how this goes and in which direction it goes. Awesome. Thanks, Atiba. Atiba Hutchinson there, talking about all things Canada, and he's a player that's looking forward to the CPL getting launched, as, as he talked about, a few other players talked about it this week. When these guys were coming through, they'd have loved to have an option like this. They oh, were for forced sure. to go and seek out opportunities in Europe because there was nothing well, that they could do here. Obviously, if they were like they, the, the, their first preference would be Europe. It, it, the Tebow yeah. Hutchinson, this might not have made a big difference, but there are other, definitely, the other guys, definitely. definitely other players that would have. This would have been a welcome opportunity. Yeah, like when you talk, for example, about Mark Anthony K and yeah. being a later bloomer. Yeah. That this, the CPL could have been something that could have maybe either helped him bloom earlier, or he could have bloomed while in Canada. Yeah, luckily for him, he got to I think it was Louisville. Louisville, Louisville. yeah, and won he, the USL that's, Cup. That's where he really there. blossomed. Yeah, uh, Tiba. Yeah, it was good to catch up with him. Uh, it was also nice he came and hung out in the, the Voyager section after the game today and celebrated. We did a make uh, a Canadian ver- version of the Humba, which was. Remember, he's old. Be careful. Don't get him jumping about too Yeah, much. well, and he wasn't wearing any shoes, so I was worried about stepping on his feet. <laughs> on his feet, but I think he got out okay. Well, another veteran didn't see the pitch today, sadly. David Edgar, friend of the show. Is because he was hanging monkeys? or Possibly. I've always loved chatting with David. I was sad when the Whitecaps let him go. He's a great guy to speak to. We had a really good chat on Tuesday, which we're going to bring in a second. And we talked about it last week. There's no way David Edgar could come here without me asking him about the monkey hangers. It was up in dear old Antley Pool about the time of France. The Emperor Napoleon was leading us a dance. When up along the coast came a British man of war. The captain's old pet monkey got washed up on the shore. We were talking about this on our show, mm-hmm. with you going to Hartley Pool. Yeah. And these guys didn't know about monkey, the monkey hangers. hangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was taught about that from a young age. Yeah. With my dad. Yeah, it's a it's a true story. I know. They it's didn't believe it. Yeah, they actually thought they were German spies. Yeah. Yeah. Monkey. Oh, I think you said it was French. Oh, I thought was it was, a fr- I thought it was oh, French. Oh, German. It was. Wars. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, my bad. My, yeah, my dad probably lied. Like moving to Hartlepool, your, mm. your family's staying around there. They're from there, or? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, yeah. I get to go see my nan for my Sunday roast. Lovely. She makes a big Yorkshire pudding. The whole size of the plate is a Yorkshire pudding with my dinner inside of it. So, um, but yeah, I'm actually staying. I'm staying at my mate's house up there. He lives in Blythe. Um, right in the beach he's actually a Canadian ice hockey player who ended up loving it that much he he opened some restaurants so I'm staying up with him yeah but and my cousin's over there playing hockey from he's from Toronto as well Kitchener so he's over there playing so yeah I've got a lot of family ties some of my mates from we grew up playing the academy together so so I mean folk are going to look at you going from like MLS team going Mm -hmm. down to like National League non-league in England but it was a big part of it the fact that it was local and you knew the area and you got to get back to the northeast. yeah 
At, at that point, I wouldn't play it anywhere, to be honest. I needed to play football. I've missed it um, since since leaving here. It, it's been it's been tough after the injury um, in terms of getting games, getting consistency, getting a bit of security in my life with my family. I've got two daughters now, so it's it's been tough. It's been tough on them, but all I've ever wanted to do, all I've ever known is to play football. So it was about getting games and getting consistent games and thrown in the, the, the deep end last week, played three games in, in a week, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've done that slog. So... Um, yeah, it, it helped obviously that I have people to stay with and, and, and I know people up there, but also I've been around the world and I, uh, I'm more than happy to, to meet new people. You've not brought your family over. Do you see this as a short-term thing or is it more like do you have an eye on the CPL or are you just keeping your options wide open? In all honesty, I, I really I really don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Um, in the short term I needed to play games I needed yeah. to play football massive driving force for me is to stay involved with this national team and, and the gaffer here has been fantastic with me I'm staying in contact and he knows what a, a journey I've been on so uh, he's been great but it was about getting back and playing games and I'm focused on, on the national team this week and then uh, getting back to playing playing some games in the season and then we'll see from there How, how tempting is the CPL to you? It's, I'm, I'm, I've got a uh, very keen interest in it. It's obviously it's no question my, my passion for Canadian soccer and this is going to be fantastic for the country and, and for the national team and for grassroots level of football in Canada. It's got something for, for kids to aspire to, to be whereas when I was young, when Tiba was, when we were young, that seems funny saying that but we, we had to go away. We had to aspire to go to Europe. Now kids aspire to, to play for their, their local professional league. You've been involved with the national team for so long. Mm-hmm. Just spoke to, to Rusty about this as well. How different does it feel now with this new group, with the new management? Mm-hmm. It's it's very different. It is very different. It's it's different in in such a such a positive way. It's we're building something. I know I'm sure you've heard that quite a bit off off everyone, but it's true. We're we're building a brotherhood. We're building um, not just for us, but for the next generation of footballers to come into to a. a, a a group, a program that's something to be proud of, and uh, we're we're definitely going in the right direction. And you can see the intensity in which we train. Um, the groups, the boys, have 110% bought into to what the manager's trying to do here, and, and that's that's a major factor. And yeah, last time you were at BC Place in a Canadian jersey, you got a go against El Salvador. Looking to do the same again? I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. Um, every time I pull in that jersey, I, I, I want to. I wear it with pride, and I'd love to get on the score sheet. I'd love to play. So we're going to have to work hard this week and give the manager a, a headache. That's great. Thanks so much Cheers. for your time, no David. No problem. Great Thanks. to see you, Cheers, man. Justified ancients of Moo Moo there with their We're Not the Monkeys song. Yeah. Song. I, I was going to play more of the Monkey Hanger song that we had at the start. I thought it may offend some people from Quebec. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but that was David Edgar there. Sadly, didn't get on the pitch today. Didn't get to replicate the goal we got against El Salvador. A lot of time for David. I, I really, really... And he started sound, he's starting to sound... Uh like English or Irish? I, I, he's got a bit of an Irish twang. I've always yeah. thought that, but the, the longer he is over there, it, yeah, kinda, it, it certainly comes, comes on a bit yeah. more. But after I spoke to that, and then we're speaking to John Herdman, and I said, oh, I was asking David Edgar about monkey hangers. It's like, oh, do you know about that? I was like, yeah. So everyone from that area knows about monkey hangers. Now I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we'd had video for you guys learning about that. That was just fantastic. But that is it for our Canadian national team chat. That's it? Yes. You're all going to be excited. We're back after the break talking white caps and MLS.
Hi, I'm Mark Anthony Kay, and you're listening to the AFTN Radio Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show, Part 4, on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Tell us what that song was, Steve. It's Rosa Parks uh, from Outcast. the album came out 23 years ago. Today. Oh. Yeah. 20, wow. It's hey, been 23 years, I know. How old are we? Hey, yeah. That was a. I've never heard that, that song in my life. That, 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 oh, was, you know that, was, hey a later, that was a later album, the uh, Hey, yeah one. Hey, yeah. I could play that next hey, week if you want. Yeah, we yeah, should. Okay. Oh, talking of next week, us. this is probably a good time to mention this. Oh. Next week, two things. It's a special show. We're kicking off our soccer ball coverage that we're going to be doing on AFTN on the site and on the podcast. We've got a season-long thing we're going to do in honour of the Soccer Bowl win. Right. And also next Sunday is a special Frank Sidebottom show because there is a documentary of his life that's been about five years in the making. It gets its release I've, on Friday. Oh, the documentary, not yep. the uh, theatrical. Not, the, the I, I, see, I see the trailer for that one. Steve, I feel like Michael's been talking about it for five years. Yeah. It's called yeah. Being Frank. Um, we're going to have some Frank Sidebottom songs in next week's show. And the guys, they promised me we're all going to try and make papier mache heads and see who can come up with the best head. Yay. Love my head. But in this part, we're going to talk white caps and MLS, two other things I love. No white caps defeat to talk about this week. <laughs> but, but this is the first victory this week. Give it another in, week. First victory this this year in BC Place. Yes. This week. Does the rugby, chasing doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. No, the sport counts. Then international break is now over. No, well, don't, well for us. The, the Americans play on Tuesday, don't they? Yeah, we don't, for us. For yeah, us. Okay. White Cats get back at it next weekend with a Cascadian derby. Just how you want to come back after a break and a three-game losing streak to be playing an unbeaten team. It feels daunting, doesn't it? It certainly does. Is there a worse possible time for this match to have come? I feel like you say that a lot. Throughout well, the, <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, it it does cool down the Sounders a little bit because they're true, on a hot streak. True, because this could kickstart our season. Remember last year, whenever we were in a on a in a great form, the international break would come and then we come uh, the Whitecaps would come back and just lose the next game pretty I, bad. I don't recall Seattle suffering from similar. No, I know that. I'm just saying maybe they, it will, they're, clutching they're, they're, they're flying, man. Well, we also have never seen the Sounders win this many games in the first month. No, we're used <laughs> to them being at the bottom yeah, and then long time. coming from behind, as they like to do down in Seattle. Whitecaps, no points from the first three matches. Now, just getting the schedule up here, and I meant to tweet this out, and I realised driving here that I forgot to do it. So I'll tweet this out, and we'll get oh, some yeah. readers' thoughts, yeah. and we'll talk about it on next week's show. Because it's not going to happen next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, maybe <laughs> preempting this. Looking at the schedule, when do you think the Whitecaps are going to get their first point? And when are they going to get their first win? The game's coming up. Seattle at home. Mm-hmm. LA. LA Galaxy at home. Chicago away. That's it. LAFC at home. I think the Galaxy Orlando at home. away. Philadelphia at home. You think Galaxy? I think Galaxy at home for sure a point at least. But I think, I have, they, I think they can beat them. I have a hunch. But I'll try and stand up straight as I'm saying <laughs> this. That we could get a point from that Galaxy game. I think we get all three. Oh, wow. I think, I think it's Chicago. Either a point or a win against Chicago. I think our first win will be Philly April 27th. Oh, yeah. That, that's at home. That's right? a long way away. Yeah. Well, if, Philly's made some significant changes this year. I know they are not f- flying the way they would like, but Marco Fabian, former Eintracht Frankfurt Spieler. Orlando away the week before could be a possibility. But they're not as rubbish as they were last year, though, right? No, no. The problem with the, the first the Orlando, I, the the reason why I think it's LA because the Orlando one, they're going to be it's a midweek game, and then they travel to Orlando for the weekend. That's oh, going right. to be a rough flight, going mm. basically opposite of the, of the continent. It's a great time to have that game. Yes, thanks <laughs> when MLS. Have, when you have a midweek game, the latest betting odds still have us as a thirty-three percent shot to make the playoffs. That's not as bad as I thought. How Colorado much did you were three point two percent to make the playoffs already. Three point right now? Yeah. I, I think, was like I think it might be something a I'm a little error, bit wrong yeah. with this. I don't think those did you, odds how, makers watch MLS. How much money did you put down on the Whitecaps? I, I've I've put all all our money for the year <laughs> that I'd been putting away to, to You put your house on it? You and, I, you I and Caitlin? When you say so we're you're, talking you and Caitlin. Yep. Put put my house on it. It's the landlord finds out he's yeah, gonna kill us. That's what I was gonna say. The old ones are the best. And as a reminder, we just have to do this for betting purposes. If you do put $50 on the white caps to make the playoffs, you've lost $50. Another old one that's a good one. I thought you were going to do the little, what's the, what's the motto? Know your limits, play with it. I know my limit. Do the white caps. We, we, we're a work in progress, it's fair to say. Yeah. Especially defensively. Now, Ali Adnan still has not arrived. Is it still the troubles getting in or I th- getting I think work, so, working permit to play in the States? I was going to go to Whitecaps training on Friday. Obviously, it was slim pickings as to who we could talk to that was A, there, and B, that can speak English. So I was trying to find out, was Ali there? And no, he hadn't arrived yet. And he's not here as of yet, as far as yeah, you were. Yeah, that was as of Friday. Oh, yeah. So, oh, there's flights on the weekend. Excellent observation, Steve. <laughs> They need him to come in because yeah. I think they that that would uh, got add, PC that would add a spark to the <laughs> to the side that's not there now. I don't think. How uh, Brett Levi's? He's oh, still, he, well, I don't know. I feel be back. He's still I, a week or two away because he maybe, said weeks before. Yeah. He's he's got that ongoing tinge somewhere. I think you need Adnan to arrive by Tuesday at the latest yeah. to get him accustomed to everything. But even then, throw him in, throw him in a derby and turf. Be a risk. Yeah, no, I think I think he would be good to go. He wants to play. Hmm. Well, there this time because I believe for the first game there was Thursday and Friday training at BC Place. I think they're doing all the training this week though up at the training centre. Okay. So I don't actually think they are training at BC Place. Ah, uh, okay. We won't preview the Seattle match because the preview guys will have their their show this week. Joe I, and the lads. I was disappointed that Joe didn't care enough to preview the Canada game. 
I asked him if he wanted to. And he, and he said no. He said he's on an international break. Ah, okay. Yeah. What would you like to see, apart from a win, obviously, but what performance-wise, personnel-wise, what would you like to see in this Seattle game? I like to see them like actually um, limit Seattle's uh, chances. Yeah, exactly. Uh, limit their chances and not not let Seattle run ragged over them. The result would be uh, a bonus if they got a result out of it, but like just don't don't get pushed over, pushed around by them. I want to see Freddie Montero score. Forget for a second he's playing Seattle and go crazy and celebrate. But that's, that's, that's not. I don't happen. think he does that normally, even if he scores against anybody else. Hmm. So yeah. it's coffee beans around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you're going to see a, a back four. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Please, a proper back four, people I, in proper I, positions. I think MDS really likes a back three, but I think you're mm-hmm. going to see a back four. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. You want to see a resilient performance that, even though things have not been going well, that they can fight to get a win or get a draw. I think, honestly, I think that's highly unlikely, just the form going into this. I don't think that break is going to somehow do damage to Seattle's form. Uh, the, the, the other thing that could be switched, but I don't think it will be, but it would be nice to maybe see more of like a two-striker formation from the beginning. Yeah. I just want to see Joaquin. Yeah. Him and the, the Colombian, the Uruguayan and the Colombian. Yeah. Quick, quick prediction then, score-wise. Oh, that look. This is why we need video. 1-1. One, one. Oh. Wow, again. I'm just going to go against the odds because everybody else is going to bet for a loss against... Uh, might as well I, do something different. I'm going to go back to 3-1, like I said, for Houston. I'm going for 3-0. For, that's for... Two Flanders. goals for Jordan Morris. And a penalty given away by... Let's say Jake Nurbinski this week. <laughs> now... But will it be a legitimate penalty? Yeah. Oh, Talking man. of penalties. Oh, man. Another week has passed. There's been another admission from pro referees that the penalty call against Derek Cornelius, against Houston, which was reviewed by the referee. After the suggestion from the VAR yes, official. The wrong decision was ultimately made. And do you know what that makes me? Yep. I, once again, am an angry bastard. Fun fact. Went to Black Pudding Imports. I think I talked about that in last week's show. Oh, yeah. Got some nice black pudding and some other stuff. They were selling license plates that you could, those covers that you put in your car. Oh, yeah. And it has on it, Angry Bastard, Scotland. I might have to buy one of those. Anyway. Christmas for next year? Yeah, yeah. 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 You could t- I you don't could know if I'll you. get pulled over, though, or pulled off if I've got <laughs> got that on my car. I don't know. Anyway. Pulled over is the correct Pulled over is the phrase yeah. I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's not half time. But yes, pro admitted on their website... <laughs> That the penalty given to Houston was incorrect. <laughs> you can see Michael's blood boy. Ah, it was bullshit. Oh. What language was that, Steve? I don't know. How can you review it? And then you're coming out again and you're saying, oh, yeah, you know what? We were wrong. 
Now, J.J. Adams tweeted a wonderful quote from Howard Webb back in 2017, saying how VAR was going to end all these things and would definitely get the, the right answer by the end of it. And you wouldn't be relying on the disco panel to, to punish players thereafter. <laughs> or if you're Corey Baird, you get the wrong decision and the player still doesn't get punished. Hmm. What is so annoying, though, about this? Like, it's great transparency. They're admitting they're wrong. We've lost six points to playoff rivals that could be crucial come the end of the season. This helps us not one iota. No, it doesn't. And I'm going to sound like a broken record again. Let's break some records. We're on a radio station. <laughs> They're right over there. Um, no, I'm like no, those are CDs. Those are CDs, not records. Records are over there. No, no, no. no. They're they're valuable. We might have to do another fun drive otherwise. Um, <laughs> the referee on the field shouldn't be making this call if no. it needs to be reviewed. It it just doesn't seem logical to me. Like. It, it, he should just be told that no, it's a penalty yeah. or not. It's not a penalty. I want to see Sagafi punished, like Steve. Uh, when like, we're, we're, physically, yes, <laughs> I will do it myself. We're going to talk they... about this later, Steve. But I really enjoyed the the clip you sent us about the uh, Australian referee. Yeah, oh, yeah. we'll yes. talk about that later. We'll that talk was, about that. That, was, yes. brilliant. that need, was really good. They need. I think if they if they did that, so many you again. You'd again. You might not always agree, but I think you'd understand the the process a lot better. Yeah. Oh, it just makes me so angry. He wants to kick the Charles around the balls. He wants to kick Kevin Keegan around his hall. He wants to scream and shout and catch his face. He wants to train Cap and get the human race. And you know what? I am not the only angry bastard about this decision. I caught up with Derek Cornelius after the Canada game today and asked him, was there any solace at all from VAR admitting that he'd made a clean tackle? Make me feel any better? No, because we, we lost the game, you know, and, and uh, that penalty decision was a big, big uh, turning point in that game. Um, yeah, it just if anything, it makes it more and more disappointing because... because we don't want to concede. That's three three games in a row we've conceded penalties. But uh, yeah, that's football. That's where it goes sometimes. So we just got to keep moving forward and focus on the next task. Angry, not as angry as me, but angry. Do you know what else makes me angry? MLS playing games on the international break. Now at least the Whitecaps this year, we're not doing that. Just, well, just one quick thing about this, because uh, I remember a number of years ago as MLS was trying to get better at this. Uh, like trying to probably use quotations for that, but didn't they used to basically say to their member clubs, uh, their let's say, whatever it is, three or four international breaks within the MLS season, maybe five, uh, choose which ones you don't want to play in. Oh yeah, like, 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 the like if there was four, choice. if there was if there was four, they would say you could have two, and then the clubs would choose, and then you might get playing one, you might not, or whatever, but you could like have veto power over two, a couple of them. Yeah. Do you know if it's still that way? Yeah, clubs clubs can pick if they play or not, but a lot of clubs want to play because they think, They're well, weak. if we play midweek, we'll get a crap crowd. New England? Right. Eh, Does it make a difference? Yeah. Right. I think Dallas doesn't make a difference either no. nowadays. It's just all these crappy teams anyway. Dallas, though, might be crappy attendance-wise. Not on the pitch. Some weeks. They won this week, 2-1, 
over Colorado. There was only four Western teams played in, in over the five matches. All against each other. Yeah. yeah. So Dallas played Colorado. It's a 2-1 win. Ryan Hollingshead won it with eight minutes to go. The Rapids do look in for another tough season. I had tipped them as a dark horse. They look more like a lame horse, and I think someone's just waiting to put them out of their misery. Did they have a goal called back in that game? I'm thinking about the wrong game, I think. The RSL did. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, in the so, other game. No, this game, uh, Tim Howard did not look great on that no. first goal near post. Clint Urban must be sitting there going, yeah. I'm getting my shot soon. Next year. Well, I remember Urban at the free kick last week where he didn't even make an attempt. Oh, no, Urban. Howard, Howard didn't even make the attempt to go for it. Yeah, Oliver Kahn used to always do that. Just watch it go. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Lovely. Like the French Guiana keeper. <laughs> no. He dove the wrong way. Too. That was hilarious. Sir. Oh, um, I'm saying to, to Steve, did he push that into the net? <laughs> I think we need to get Declan Hill on the phone here. I still think he won a raffle. Well, he, did you see the own goal off his head? That was that was the best one. Oh, no. What one was that? The last one. It went off the post and off his head and in. Oh, did it go off his head? I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't see that. Sorry, we're, we're backtracking. But oh. no, um, the first goal, uh, Howard beaten at the near post did not look good by Berrios. Yeah. Big talking point that came out of the game, though. Six homegrowns starting for Dallas. Pretty impressive. One day, that'll be the Whitecaps. One day. One day. The other game this weekend that featured Western Conference teams, LAFC, a Mark Anthony Kalis LAFC, 2-1 home win over RSL in the big, grudge match, rematch from the playoff game that thankfully RSL won and got us MDS a little bit early. RSL took the lead in this one before LA came back and they won it with six minutes to go. Lovely goal, probably goal of the week. Walker Zimmerman. Because I didn't watch any of the Eastern Conference games so I don't know what they were. Well, uh, speaking of kind of dodgy keeping, like uh, Romando, retiring Romando, didn't really move. No, he did have a good save in the first half. Yes. Though, but yeah. And there was a little bit of controversy. RSL got a goal called back that I think it was very similar to Toronto's the week before that oh, got yes. to stand. Yes. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 And that's the one. Okay. So that's where it's like the defender slides in and he's trying to win the ball and he knocks it off the RSL guy and it goes to a guy who was offside on the touch. But it wasn't an intentional touch. Mm. It was like, yeah, that should have been a goal. Yeah. Because, yeah, you Toronto got it, right? Yeah, look forward to pro-apologizing yeah. for, for that mistake. Enjoy the apology, RSL. Yeah. That's fine. It balances it out. I'm waiting for... We're going to get a call against Seattle. <laughs> just, just you watch. We're going to get a penalty that's not a penalty. Anyway, we'll be back with the final part of tonight's show after this. Hi, I'm Marcus Cadena. I'm listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. Get jiggy with us at the AFT and Soccer Show. It's the final part of tonight's show. It's wavelength time, everybody. And tonight, we are paying tribute to a footballing legend who died aged 68 three years ago 
today. Johan Cruyff. Dutch legend, Dutch master. Not a good weekend for the Dutch. Let, we'll let Zach get this out now. <laughs> well, let's uh, pivot and pull a Cruyff turn. And uh, <laughs> no, very. I was very excited to see the results from the, the Germany Holland Euro qualifier. I don't know what the score was. I know they won. But. On a 90th minute goal in Holland, Ger- oh. Germany 3 2. Thomas Jeez. Mueller scored? No, he's not. The, oh, that's he's right. He's not in the Euro. Did Fonzie score? Gnabry scored. He's a winger at Bayern. Don't know who that is. Johan Cruyff. He was like him and actually friends Franz Beckenbauer since we're talking of Germany. Those were the the two star players when I was a little boy. First getting into football, watching World Cup on TV. I remember vaguely watching the '74 World Cup final. Yeah, I know. He, I mean, those are two players who revolu- like revolutionized the game, right? Beckenbauer, the playing out of the back and. Yeah. And Cruyff with the total football approach yeah. of the of the Dutch. So we've kind of combined those two things because we're bringing you a German song for our wave about Johann Cruyff. About Johann Cruyff. What a great from a Dortmund band called Bambus. This is simply called Johann Cruyff.
Bambus there with their tribute to Johann Cruyff, who died three years ago today. Rest in peace, Johann Cruyff. That's the only part I understood. That's the only part that was in English, that might be why. Had a, a few seasons over here in North America. Played, first of all, for Los Angeles Aztecs and then Washington Diplomats. I played against the Whitecaps in their soccer ball season, which we will be paying our own tribute to from next week. But now, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national, international news, stories, links and a lot more. Make it part of your daily routine, morning, noon and night. bcsoccerweb.com What has been Catching your beautiful beardy eyes this week, Steve. Well, it was because it was the international break. Not too much was going on, uh, more results than anything. But there were a couple of things that uh, came up. Uh, first of all, we talked about the 2022 World Cup. Uh, the Women's World Cup in 2023, which is kind of like a year behind in the process of p- selecting where they were going, but now have received nine countries that are interested in hosting which is a a record um i'll quickly over them argentina bolivia brazil colombia from south america australia new zealand uh from asia japan uh, and north and south korea um also south africa is interested as well a couple of them uh, some people think the south americans might be a joint bid um also the australia new zealand one might be and North and South Korea, obviously, that's a joint bid. They're, they're trying to do one together. Such an encouraging sign, because when you go back to when Canada hosted it, I think literally no one else wanted to host it. And I wonder how much Canada running a, a good World Cup had a good attendance, made good money. Yeah. I wonder how much that, that has influenced, influenced yeah. Some, yeah. Of the, some of these other places. I think France was already done by then. Before, what, I think so. Yeah. Now, if I was a betting man, yeah. which I am, I would go with Australia-New Zealand joint bid. That's a nice one. Australia's doing a lot of stuff. But yet, the women's game is growing. And I think our next story shows you just how much. Well, no, I just want to finish up with this one. Um, The bids need to be in by October 4th. Uh, Stipulation, of course, only grass. Uh, They can only play on grass. So that's part of the... the Really? Wow, but we'll never host again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, they could always put grass in BC Place. They're going to host the men's on grass here. Not BC Place. No, but Edmonton. Edmonton. Well. Edmonton's <laughs> not grass. Yeah, we well, you know it's not. Um, yeah, like you were saying before, uh, some interesting things happened in uh, the U- uh, Champions League for women. Yeah. Shocking um, that it didn't happen in April, which is Football Violence Awareness, Awareness Month. PSG fans, maybe they're just warming up for it. Oh, uh, PSG yeah. fans were involved in a little bit of violence at an away game in Chelsea. It was the first leg of the quarterfinal between the two teams. Police... Um, during the time, there was something happened in the morning. Uh, it was a ruckus. But then on on the way to the game, they stopped a bus, uh, it, uh, t- thoroughly inspected it, and they took. Uh, they found that the PSG supporters uh, had weapons, including knives and knuckle dusters, and some illegal drugs, leading to one arrest and the re- remaining supporters to be you know sent away. Basically, knuckle dusters. Those are brass knuckles. Brass right? knuckles, yes. basically. Um, and uh, now, of course, the, sec- the Chelsea won 2-0. Uh, the next leg will be in Paris, so we'll interesting to see what happens it's there. It's the Women's UEFA Champions League. Yes. yes. Yeah. They've made it. <laughs> yeah, well, the Paris Ultras are yeah known for being... A little rough? Uh, yeah, well, they went away for like a decade, and then they've just come back like a... To prison? A, a, <laughs> no. 
They just stopped going to the games because oh. of issues and stuff with the club, I think, and whatever. But they they came back like a year or two ago. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see that they're following the women's side to the, an away game in the Champions League. Yeah, great to see. So we were talking about earlier, um, uh, the, you, you guys mentioned this story before um, during the previous segment about the referee. Yes. Um, A-League a referee, uh, uh, Jared Gillette, uh, basically was... Uh, the best a man can get. Well, apparently he's regarded as the best referee in A-League. Um, it was his final match he was going to referee because he's moving on to England to referee in the championship. So he agreed to be mic'd up for this one. And it was, if you haven't seen the video, it's yeah, very, you, very transparent what's yeah. going on. He's like, it was very open. Absolutely you get fantastic. to get, get to see from their point of view of what they see and how they agree to you it. You need to tweet out this link. People need to watch this. This yeah. was really well. I don't know, a special occasion and it seemed like he got everything right and whatever, but you just got into his mind. You yeah. got to see. So even. Well, that, he's considered the best. Right in, in a league, so th- that's why you're so, seeing everything. He so got right. remember the the VAR decision and the thing. Yeah, he's, he's talking. To him, he's like, he's just like, yeah, it's, it was. Uh, we made the right call, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, we better sell it. I better go look at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, I, not just being honest, right? Like yeah. just, and you could just. He, was, he wanted to make he double. He basically went to make sure he double checked. Yeah, and it, it did come off the defender, and it, that was no not offside. And you saw him like going to explain things to players. It was it was very. If you have not watched this, you need to go watch. The assistant this. referee was talking to him yeah. all the time on the plays and everything. We could hear what they're saying to each other, yeah. so it was very good. I have a funny feeling on next week's show we might have the secret mic. Recording from Zagafi talking in the Houston game. I, I just have a hunch that might might feature next week. Some news in MLS: uh, Beckham's temporary Inter Milan Inter Milan Inter Miami <laughs> Stadium site gets a nod in, in Fort Lauderdale. This is the temporary one before the main one is built in Miami. Uh, it's an eighteen thousand seat stadium. It's supposed to be Lockhart Stadium, which is uh, supposed to be have historical value. I didn't have time to look into that. What was? But there was a competing bid from. Ec- FXE football, who are trying to bring another USL team into the into that stadium. They're going to be investing sixty million into it, uh, into the stadium and the surrounding area. After the move to the new stadium, the site will become home to the academy, and there will be a training center built as well. There's a park and everything set up, so it's going to be. It looks pretty nice. It's right not now. a done deal, right? No, it's just a positive step. It's, it's basically they once they have to get all the permits. Well, they say they can start off as soon as the permits come in, and so it's basically done. So, like in the next it's, month or two, there'll be like two or. Th- Three bad stories about how there could someone, be someone's complaining uh, or suing about. Well, this. well, well. Basically, the way that his team is going, yeah, there could be a delay there. Uh, another stadium, uh, a little bit closer to home, SFU. Yes, they are going through with a project. Uh, basically, it's a fifteen million dollar investment. It's it's a it's kind of a creation of a new stadium, but it's also a kind of a renovation of a field. Yeah, in a way, they're they're digging in. To the mound, basically, yeah. to, to make a stadium out where, of it. where Terry Fox Field is. Yeah, but only 1,800 seats. They, they don't, I don't draw a lot. No, no. And I, they'll still, I think they'll still be, this is be covered. So yeah, there'll, there'll be, still be places to stand. And yeah. Stuff. No, I know. Yeah. But no, but the the, the, no, the, stand, the the seats themselves are only 1,800. Yeah. I just, th- this has been in the pipeline for so many years. Right. Like just getting, like even back in Alan's days, me and him talked about it. Yeah, when I saw the article, Steve, I thought, "Oh, is this is this a potential CPL site for that side of the mm. Fraser?" But no. when I saw the eighteen hundred, I was like, "Maybe, uh, the, maybe there are chances to expand later on." But for now, eighteen hundred drop down the hill of the other side. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more than the clan. Um. So, last story we have here. Uh, basically, I'll, I'll 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 
read the title of it, Right Name, Wrong Team. Uh, there was there was a big mix-up of uh, uh, jerseys that were ordered through the MLS store. Uh, some Montreal, it happened first in Montreal where Montreal fans got their jerseys that they ordered. The Samuel Piet. Like, Samuel Piet, uh, yeah, Whitecaps edition. Uh, they got the hoop, which is a pretty popular uh, jersey, but <laughs> mm, they got... Especially uh, for the Canadians fans. Yeah. And then they, but they got their name, uh, obviously, of their own. Player. I was excited because I just, I was sleepily seeing the picture, and I thought we'd sign Piatti. <laughs> oh, disappointing! Didn't happen. Uh, but also, it was also uh, told that uh, about uh, four to five Whitecaps fans were affected. Apparently, they got uh, names of Whitecap players on different jerseys, <laughs> and uh, there were yeah, total some, some poor bastard bought a break shade jersey. Uh, there were po- there were apparently ten overall. Ten overall across. I don't know if it was across North America or across Canada that were affected by this. Sad. Yeah. I've actually got one more story that's just some breaking news okay. that has come through. Alex McLeish has resigned as Scotland national team manager. He's becoming the new Brexit secretary in the UK, <laughs> promising to get the UK out of Europe in 90 minutes. You, you are hilarious. Um, before we're wrapping up now, right? Yeah, so before we wrap up, I just want to say uh, it was great to hang out with uh, all the Voyagers today. One of the fun things about today uh, was there was uh, a number of people from not just the province of BC, although obviously there was lots of those, but there's a bunch of people came from uh, from Alberta, Edmonton, Calgary, other places. Uh, Rob from Regina was here. People from Ontario were here. People like Jamie, who's the head of the Voyagers. Um, it was just a good time to support together and get together and, and, and be together, put those club things to the side, even those CPL, Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary things that are, you know, uh, continuing to build uh, and just support the national team together. One of the small things about today that was also uh, meaningful was just uh, there was a little display at the beginning of the game. A little banner just said... Oh, I missed that as well. Yeah. Missed Fonzie and your display. You know, it just was a, a small banner that just said, thank you, Jarek, because uh, the dude who created the design for the Voyager scarf and was has been involved was involved in the the supporter scene in in Toronto for many years he passed away uh I'm sure it was last month or a couple months ago and so it was just kind of like a thank you to a guy who put a lot into building the community and um so it was good to yeah be together with people support together remember Jarek and enjoy a great uh Canada match together in one or one area together for all the the people wanted to actively support and yeah it was just uh, it was a nice day since we're going uh, thanks as well I actually I w- want to thank Richard Scott who was fantastic this week in helping us get all the interviews which we've we've had in the last couple of shows great access this week it was fantastic and I want to give a special shout out to somebody who approached uh, me and the media when I was uh, sitting there and he said he was a big fan of the show he's been listening for three years I don't know if he gave the, his name because I completely I, I either forgot his name or he didn't give it uh, but I thought he might come back when because he was he was asking about Michael too. But Michael was getting his coffee or tea at halftime. I got a similar thing. Isaac H from Victoria today came up and said, "I oh, love the show." Love yeah, the show. It's, I try not to tell Michael when I get those. It, too it much. still it still feels weird when people approach. And you don't know how to uh, react to it. Yeah, it's lovely to hear that. We really appreciate yeah. it all, guys. So thank you so much for all your support over the the last few years. That is it for another episode of the show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Moving Curve Collective. I am Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, Instagram at AFTN Soccer, 
YouTube AFT in Canada. Give us a review on iTunes as well and a rating if you've enjoyed the podcast. If not, don't bother. We will be back next week. We'll have the preview show out for the Seattle game during the week as well. Next week, kicking off our soccer ball tribute for the season to come. And it's a Frank Sidebottom special. You don't want to miss that. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And more the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.